You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows, films, concerts, and music that we see, listen to, and observe throughout our careers. Today's conversation may feature some spoilers on the entertainment we are about to discuss, so you have been warned. Mm -hmm. And today, we are starting in Broadway land today with a brand new play that just opened on Broadway. And what is it? Yeah, it just opened a few days ago. This is called Fat Ham mm. by James Imes and directed by Sahim Ali. Um, it come, yeah, there's the playbill in the video. Fat Ham. It comes from the uh, public theater off-Broadway run that is now on Broadway at the American Airlines Theater. Um and it's the 2022 Pulitzer Prize for Drama winner, mm. um, which is really exciting. So I'm really glad that this made it to Broadway this season. And I feel like we have so much to talk about with this. Um, for those of you who don't know, maybe like why it's called Fat Ham, it's a retelling of the famous Shakespeare play Hamlet, but it's set in a backyard barbecue in the South. Um, and mayhem ensues, I guess, which I, it's interesting because I don't know if you would necessarily say Hamlet equals mayhem ensues because we think of Hamlet as a drama yes. and he here, you know, we were actually we're doing some research a little bit about this on the playwright, and I have some things I wanted to talk about when we get there about the playwright's thoughts on this. But what are your thoughts overall on this? And also, what are your thoughts on like, wait, a drama tragedy Hamlet turned comedic? What? You know, that's kind of cool. A loosely based version of it. Yeah, loosely based, <laughs> of course. Um, what were your thoughts overall on this? Overall, I at first, I, I feel like I was going to be a little bit mixed on the show, mm. but as the show went on, I found myself really f- falling in love with some of these characters mm. in this this play. And I also, I loved the inspiration from Hamlet, but not the direct, like, okay, we're just going to retell Hamlet right. in this. And I liked how we took little bits and pieces. And like, not being a huge Shakespeare lover or a big Shakespeare-like fan of myself as myself i felt like i didn't really need to know much about shakespeare to really enjoy this piece and Mm -hmm. you know this was a family drama turned comedy turned into like real life emotions here that i just i I applaud we were um i was doing some research on the playwright and the playwright i once said isn't there some comedy to you being visited by a ghost of your father and saying, go kill your uncle? Mm-hmm. Like, there's some comedy there, right? And so uh, that's what the playwright found. I thought that this play did a really nice job of towing this line between, oh my gosh, this is kind of scary and mm-hmm. haunting and ghostly. And then all of a sudden we go to comedy. Then we go back to drama. There's this looming sense of, is someone going to die at the end of this? Mm-hmm. Or actually, I, sh- I should say, is someone going to kill someone? Because as we know, spoiler alert, someone dies at the end, but no one actually kills him. Right. And so, okay, right? And I thought there was just really great scenes that just had real good conversation between characters. And I actually thought one of the strongest parts of this was character development. Oh, yeah. Seeing characters start and end in two very different places. I was, first of all, blown away by how many Broadway debuts are happening in this. So many talented people across the board. And I love that, that that's when this transferred to Broadway, it kept... 
some the, of the yeah, the, my, most of the original off Broadway cast with the public theater to do that, and yeah. it's a new play. And sometimes we think about new plays on mm-hmm. here, and what do what is what do producers do? Yeah. Oh, okay, let's star cast this, yeah. so that we can sell tickets. And this really no, yeah. took the play and brought them there too. And, so it was and, great. And in talking about the play, what are your <clears throat> thoughts overall on this title? Because another thing we had looked up is like Hamlet, Ham, Fat Ham. We're, there's a comedy in just saying the words fat ham, right? So what are your there thoughts is. on the title I, alone? Actually, I kind of probably spent the beginning part of the play thinking about why is this called fat ham? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the play on words or the nod to this family in a way. And, and before like doing some research on this, I said, okay, like fat and what are they doing? They're at a barbecue and they're eating all of these like fatty foods and some of them are fat. And it's like, Oh, okay. Is that the point of this is to kind of show like, oh, it's Hamlet, but what would he be if he was fat? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so. And his name is Juicy in the yeah. show. So there's a lot of theme there, right? And so I thought that was smart writing. And I, and um, another thing the playwright had said was that, well, actually, I, f- I found this article. I wanted to read a quote from it. Um, from, I think it was Entertainment Weekly. And they talked to the playwright about breaking this down a little bit. And he talks about that when he was an undergraduate, um, he fell in love with Hamlet and that it stayed with him. Um, and I'm quoting James here, the playwright says, um, I, he said, quote, I want to do something with a Shakespeare play, but I wasn't sure which one. And I picked and I picked it up and started reading. I was like, I think I can pull from my family experience, the kinds of people in my family and my community from my childhood. It started off as an experiment playing with what some of these scenes from Hamlet would feel and look like mm. in the language and in the manner of people from the South. I was shocked at how well it worked. So sometimes I think it's amazing when something clicks and you take two very different worlds and put them together look two worlds i had to throw that in there no but i think that's smart like who would have ever thought of that and he connected his past and his upbringing in the south to Mm. this like really famous famous piece because listen have we seen this before with like romeo and juliet and west side story like sure people have done this before but that was groundbreaking for its time this is groundbreaking for its time shakespeare plays really do live on how many times do we see a Shakespeare play and it's like set in the 1980s or it's set in the future or we, the setting doesn't always matter. It's about the relationships between these characters and the scenes and telling this story. Right. And this was Well, that's what really it comes smart. down to the text. The text. So, and how he interprets the text yeah. of Shakespeare and says, how do I fit this into my life? Which is brilliant. Yeah. You know, where you can take something. And that's what I think theater is supposed to do. You're supposed to feel inspired by a playwright's work in different ways and then tell it in your own point of mm. view. Right. So I, I really enjoyed that part of this, mm-hmm. this play, you know, seeing this in the barbecue backyard setting and then learning about the family. It, it was just done so smart. And then there's these reoccurring themes, right? Of, I mean, there's definitely like gender issues going on here. There's sexual identity issues, really. I mean, and some of those really moving scenes about identity. Well, that's like a big topic here as well, where we're talking about the circle of life here in the family or the circle of the family. And he ponders the whole time, Juicy, about continuing on his father's legacy in this. So... His father dies. We know that he's dead. Whether the uncle killed him or not, we don't know. But he keeps pondering and saying, do I need to kill someone now? Or had his father killed someone in the past? You know, and then does, and he keeps going back and forth by saying, all right, do I kill someone or do I not? Which is a big thing. 
And, and, and there's killing could mean a lot of things here. There's generational trauma across the board with this. And there's moments of, is this killing literally physically killing someone? Is there emotional death here? When is he severing ties with people? Like I find his, the relationship with him and his mother to be fascinating in this. Mm. And I loved the scene they have at the end when they're like crying together on the floor. And she's like, do we like, she's see, she always, I always appreciated that as kind of wild as she was with the relationship with the uncle and her life and the business. And they, and they really screwed over juicy with, well, we're going to use all your tuition money to pay for the new renovation in the house and all this. Mm -hmm. But she does always say like, Juicy, come on. Like, we love you. Like, you're great. Like, whether that's real or not, I still feel like there's that motherly love that she has for him. Mm -hmm. And I, and I appreciate that. But going back to the generational trauma, there's this sense of like, what do you carry from your past into your future? And I love how the, and when I, I really emphasize the word generational, because there is such a difference here between the three older characters and the three younger characters in the game scene alone, yeah. when they're playing a game and they're like, just what do you want to be when you grow up? How controversial is that? When the three of them say what they want to do and he wants to work in human resources. I think that was the kind of the joke throughout the whole <laughs> thing. And they were like, what do you want to go do that for? You know, And, and there's this like, difference in just one generation we're not talking like two or three generations here it's just between one to the next and i think there's this theme of like what are you bringing from your past into your future and and there's this theme that we 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 have heard this from the playwright too pleasure over harm mm -hmm. is the line here right uh, in the show that has really stuck what and 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 that you well, the, can the, choose pleasure right and the full question is what might life be like if we choose pleasure over harm yeah so what might life be like and what does that question mean to you to us to anyone listening here what might your life be like if you choose pleasure over harm yeah it's a great question it's kind of a deep question and it also comes down to what kind of harm are we talking about? The emotional harm that you're doing to yourself, bringing baggage from your past into your future. Mm -hmm. And how do you maybe sever ties with that? Right? Right. It's just really deep stuff. And yet then at this, and then at times the play really lifted into comedy and we were laughing and, and then there was some, and then here's one thing I really loved. And I, I'm going to assume this is from the director's perspective. There was this sense of, theatrical magic yeah special effects people appearing out of nowhere ghosts ghosts are so big in shakespeare mm -hmm. it's such a running theme throughout so many of his works why not bring the ghosts in and make it comedy i read one thing with the playwright he was like well i um used to watch the old scooby-doo cartoons where the ghost was just a guy with his sheet on his head and i thought why don't we just put the ghost with the sheet with the picnic table on his head and he said that was one of the funniest things in the play going back to simple moments of throw a sheet on your head and now you're a ghost yeah uh, or smoke coming out of you which i thought that was actually really cool that the smoke was coming out of his shoulders and then he actually appeared in the smoker <laughs> there was just theatrical moments that were very oh we're watching a Right, because, play live on stage and because you know? it is a ghost and you're sitting there and you're like who actually does see the ghost he's only seen yeah. the ghost of his father yeah. no one else is yeah or the friend saw did the friend see him too i think in so. the beginning in the beginning yeah yeah who's always high yeah yeah but that was funny too yeah yeah well i think some hot button topics are also in this play and especially in the black community right now where 
watching this, it really kind of shows where does the community stand on LGBTQ plus issues and identity. And watching that, especially in the South, you see these parents and like, it's something that still is not wanting to be talked about when all three kids have some sort of sexuality, like curiosity happening, you know, yes. Juicy to the are they his cousin? I believe it's the friend. They're friends because I think it was the mother's friend, the church woman. But right? they like say cousin and yeah. Uh, but all three of them have this like identity happening, which comes to the end of the show where the guy from the Marines. Yes, I believe so. Because he's wearing that uniform. He's ready to come out. And it turns into this butterfly moment. Literally at the end, yes. That was so beautiful to see someone who's finding themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, I, 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 and we also can't forget, and, and speaking of the end, when they say to the audience, like, I think we're done now. Like, we're going to be done with, like, he's dead. Like, mm-hmm. the breaking of the fourth wall with narration and monologues in Shakespeare is very popular. And I love how the playwright kept that. And it wasn't just one person breaking the fourth wall. How many times would they say, what did you just tell them? <laughs> because that would be happen- in Shakespeare, yeah. that Hamlet, to be or not to be, whatever. And then... We go back to the scene. And I think it's so funny that they found comedy in the other characters being like, what did you just say to them? Like them being us, the audience. And I loved that breaking of the fourth wall. It brought me into the piece a lot more and made me feel really comfortable understanding this whole plot and taking the ride with them. And then also just tying in Shakespeare elements, period, of there were monologue moments in this piece. Mm -hmm. But there were also moments of slow dramatic pauses especially during the karaoke moments which Mm -hmm. i find that part of the show to be super interesting when the mother and the son have two completely different karaoke moments yeah which goes back to the question as well of pleasure over harm so her song is all about pleasure and pleasuring her uncle uh, his uncle or, or brother yeah and then his moment was about his internalized like harshness to himself and being a creep he's a creep to this family Mm. he's not like the rest of the family and it was so smart to do it to radiohead because it was unexpected yes and 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 in terms of another moment i would i have to say too is the monologue i believe it's larry the marine larry um when he's talking to juicy and he's talking about and i i think there were some beautiful moments of him saying like can i touch you Mm -hmm. can i just and and he was talking about body and i i'm gonna paraphrase this but it was about like sweat on the body and feeling different that was that monologue we, i just was so moved by that monologue in the middle of the show yeah. and he was talking about himself and what he feels and his identity so much about identity here and 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 speaking about it, i did have one more quote that i wanted to read from the playwright um and this is a quote from um i am james Iams. he says quote in the beginning of the play juicy is very stuck He's directionless. He hates that his mom just married his uncle. Then Pap shows up and is like, things are not the way you think they seem. Everything from that point forward draws a line back to the decision he has to make about what he's going to do about that. He wants to run and hide and forget that it happened. But there's enough that provokes him and pushes him forward throughout the play that makes him keep trying to negotiate what he's going to do. That's what it's like when you're dealing with generational trauma. 
Mm-hmm. You're constantly negotiating. Do I sever myself from that thing that feels comfortable and feels normal, but is deeply unhealthy or try to transform it? The visitation of his father is a wake-up call. You're running from this thing and you have to deal with it or it's always going to be there with you. It's always going to be under the skin. He has to make some decisions for us himself and he does. And that's what I find a good end quote. And I, and I, and that's what I find that a good, (laughs) good play does is it takes you on a journey and it allows your leading characters to make decisions Mm -hmm. and bring the audience in on some of those difficult decisions that you have to make and do it in a way where like, don't beat me over the head with a theme. Mm-hmm. We've seen a few plays this season. I'm not going to mention any names where I leave there and I'm like, whoa, I am exhausted from this theme being beaten into my head. And instead it's like, nope, I'm going to throw you the themes. And as an audience member, you're going to take away with it and talk about it, what you need and what you want and learn something here. Because it comes down to trust your audience sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't need to beat us over the head with a theme. Yeah. I know what you're saying in this play. Trust me, because look at what we're talking about. And there could be other things that we're not even mentioning right now that are probably trying to be said. But we didn't leave the play saying, okay, yep, saw that play. I know what that's about. We left the play like, whoa, let's talk about that. And let's talk about that. And let's talk about that. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. A cool feeling. And that kind of leads this like full circle to the full production of the show as well, because let's talk about that. Yeah, but of what did you think about the overall set of the show and the direction by Sahim Ali? I thought the direction was really nice. It used the space. I love the reveal of the set at the end to this like fun. I was party waiting. Mode. For, that was one thing I was waiting for the whole time. I was like, "Is this second to break yeah. apart?" I, I, yeah, you know. Well, I saw the house was really like photographed two D, mm-hmm. like it was, very, and I was like, mm, "They couldn't just build a real house. They they're going in and out of the house." And then I realized why now. Yeah. So, but. And I kind of love like a full lawn stage. I think that's kind of like really cool. Um, the set was nice. The costume was nice. The lighting was great. D- Listen, if you can get a dead body actor laying there to disappear like that, and then he pulled the sheet, that was a, one of the coolest theater moments I've seen. I don't know how it happened. I don't know I'm how still, it happened. I'm still either. confused by it. I don't know how it happened yeah. at all. Um, I, from a direction standpoint and choreography, I loved. Loved going back to that karaoke scene when he's singing Creep and the choreography that was happening with the others, with the others was so good. Yeah. It was so, I was having like chills in that moment of like, Ooh, this is going deep here. And also I'm not sure if this is a playwright decision or a director decision, but having the same actor play the father and the uncle. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Because that really shows, like, because they were brothers. So right. that shows, like, and I, I I, thought the costuming and the wig and the makeup design was so good that I was like, wait, is that the same actor? And it kind of left me wondering. And there was a moment in the show, I was like, oh, I guess we'll, I thought to myself, oh, I, well, we'll see at the bows mm-hmm. <laughs> if two actors <laughs> come out or not. Because I was like, wait, that's cool yeah. that they did that like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really smart. I just think there were smart theater decisions here. And nothing took away from the plot. No. It, it, nothing was overly distracting. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it. I thought there were some nice moments. And yeah. my standout moment of performance was definitely Marcel Spears. But I also loved the, the mother's friend, Benja K. Thomas. Oh, she had so, moments so that many had scene, a scene-stealing moments in that yeah. show. Yeah. It was like straight out of like a Tyler Perry movie. It was like she was so funny. I just and and she I loved her ad libs when she's eating, when she's walking to it's just there was 
she, there was just a whole presence to her that was like, oh, you're you're living in this character, and I love it. Yeah. So so should everyone go run and see? Yeah, I think so. Listen, I think ham? I think this is it's only running I think till the end of June. I think it's a great night out at theater. If you're a theater person and you want to just think a little bit and just and also laugh a little bit mm-hmm. and just. Yeah, go check it out. I'm glad we checked it out. Yeah. Um, and it was really refreshing to see something like that. So, yeah, it was fun. Love it. Um, and we're talking about, now we're kind of diving into another show. Another show. That yesterday closed. <laughs> we're going to talk about this Aww. really quick. The Phantom of the Opera closed on Broadway. Did I just say that out loud? I actually can't believe I just said that. And if you listen back to one of our old podcasts from when we saw Phantom last summer. When we saw this in August. I believe you could quote me said, as saying, I don't think it's ever going to close. I don't think this show is ever going to close. And now we are sitting here and there is not a show tonight or tomorrow night. Oh. Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Um, 35 years, or nearly 14,000 performances. Those you two know, numbers alone. Like you have to applaud this show. And also one thing, I don't know how many people actually know this about Phantom, but I did look this up because I was like, let's find some fun facts about Phantom. But this show, at each performance, there are a cast of 130 crew, cast, and orchestra members yeah. every night. There's a lot of people that were... A lot of people working on that show. And each performance itself had 230 costumes, 14 dressers, 120 automated cues, 22 scene changes, 281 candles. Wow. And used 250 kgs of dry ice and 10 fog and smoke machines. I mean... From the 80s. Like, yeah. that was a lot of oh, people. Yeah. Well, the chandelier falling and the spectacle of the boat moving, that was a big deal for yeah. automation and things like that in the 80s to be used. And it just lived on. But to on. continue on to now, it's like every performance had that many people working on it. And let's talk predictions for a second. I'm okay. going to tell you my prediction. I want to know yours. Show's closed, okay? Here's my predictions. Clear out the theater. Gut it. Mm-hmm. Reno it. Paint it. Do whatever you need to do as a theater owner to... To kind of do that theater, maybe need some updates, you know, whatever. And bring Phantom back, not right away. My thought, my my personal thoughts are bring it back. Yeah. Wait a couple years. Don't bring it back in a year. Give it a couple years. Right. And, br- and my thoughts are bring it back in a reimagined way. Not You don't have to change it. Maybe update some of the motors and some of the scenery and the costume. And I think bring it back and bring it back in a new theater. I think a new theater. Bring it back in a smaller theater. Or maybe bring it back in, I don't know, do something different with it. And maybe, listen, no no disrespect to Hal Prince. I mean, what a legend that he brought that to the stage. But would it? Would you see a new director redirecting this? Or would they just restage Hal's staging? I don't know. It would be really interesting to see if they, without changing too much, if they just kind of changed some of the costumes, changed some of the direction, put it in a new theater and brought it back. I don't know. Maybe. I guess more it's so, like, what do we need from it? Well... Is the show so good already that no change really needs to happen? Or is this the opportunity for someone to put a new light to the show? All I gotta say is, immersive theater is at a high right now. I don't know how you immerse this, but if you take us in a thrust moment... And that boat comes through the audience in some way. I don't know. Could you go next level with the, th- the theming of it? And could you put it... We are in... The, you're already immersed when that chandelier falls and you're in... He's showing up everywhere. That immersion is so great. Mm-hmm. You put it in a smaller space. Those ticket prices are going to be really high. It's a really popular show. I don't know. I don't know what you do with this. Maybe it doesn't come back for a while. But I keep hearing rumors that it's going to come back. My thoughts are just don't bring it back 
super fast. Let this live in some silence for a little bit. But also when it comes back, does it have the same run? Uh, like you're saying, does it do like a strictly six month limited run or does it? Well, I don't know. Like run? is the goal to bring this show back and then it stays on the stage again? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Cats came back and left. Cats came back and left. Sunset came back and left. Some of these bigger shows that Andrew Weber's done. Like, are we going to live in a time? But then Chicago the came back and look, the current production of Chicago is a revival. That's not the original. So you never know. Um, Maybe it will get added to Lincoln Center's list of <laughs> revivals. Um, anyway, yeah, I, no, I do I think it's a wonderful show. It would be show. interesting because the phantom that's been on Broadway has that love. Mm. And what comes back is not going to be that. No, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be interesting to see. And I don't know. Maybe there are, who knows? Right now, like I said, let the dust settle a little bit and let's see what like happens. The ultimate fans of Phantom are not going to be those same fans of a new Phantom. Oh, it's, and it's different generations of people. Yeah. You know, so, so it'll be interesting. You know? Just think a baby is being born today in the world and Phantom of the Opera is not on Broadway. I don't know. <laughs> being so silly with these stats but yeah there we go um but we are running low on time we oh, got to get yeah. up to some pop music you have some previews of some music coming up this spring and summer for yeah, pop music i mean what this weekend they? wasn't a big pop music album weekend mm-hmm. so i figured let's do something here we have the remainder of spring and summer coming and we have some announcements of pop albums that are coming so i'll do a little spring summer preview but actually this upcoming friday kim petras is featuring Nicki minaj on a new single oh fun Alone, which is getting a lot of buzz. She's been teasing this out. Um, this song samples Alice DJ. Everyone knows that back from the day. But And then some albums that are coming out. We have Lauren Gray, TikTok star, coming out with Guilty. We have Jesse Weir coming out with That Feels Good. Uh, we have BB Rexa coming out with BB. Then we have Allison Gold, Frap, coming out as well. So these are just some of the albums that are... You know, yep. in the in the wings, as we like to say yeah. in theater. Yeah. But recently, Miss Kelly Clarkson had announced that she's coming out with new music, and I was super excited. And this weekend, we had not one, but two singles released. And also the announcement of her upcoming album, Chemistry, which is coming out on June 23rd. So she released Mine and Me on Friday. And I... Just have to say. I know. You're the biggest fan that's ever existed of Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> She's a star. <laughs> She's a star. And this is a difficult album. It's a breakup it's a, album for her. It's a, a divorce, divorce album. album. And, so and difficult. And we sad. had Adele's divorce album in the fall. Yeah. Now we're having Kelly's divorce album yeah. in June. And she had said some things about why she named this album Chemistry that I wanted to read. But um, she said that... There are many stages of grief and loss on this album. Each song is a different stage, an emotional state. And that's like her meaning of what chemistry means in a relationship. Mm. So we're going to get some deep things from Kelly. Yeah, I love, and I love these two songs. I know we're going to talk about them in the, in the bopper flops in a second, but I did really like this. And I think she's got a whole new moment coming for her. And she does have a big moment too, because she is doing a little short residency in Las Vegas this summer at Planet Hollywood. She's doing a 10 date resident residency and uh that is going to be an an intimate evening with her and someone had asked are you only going to do the 10 shows and she said that's all my schedule can fit everyone she has her talk show she has the music coming out so i wonder if she'll actually tour is she on the voice still or no more 
I don't know. She just did the voice. She, yeah. So I don't so know she's if she's busy. doing it again. But so she said, I am not doing any more than these 10. Okay. So. All right. We'll see. Everyone needs to see that. I really want to go see that. So I might be hopping on a plane. Oh, to, will you? Okay. To, to Vegas with or without you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> With oh. or without you. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going on to uh, bopper flops here. Let's pop, hear some of the pop music pop that or... came out a couple days ago. And let's yes. go. Pop music drop of the week. Here are the six songs. Seven because Kelly has two. But mm-hmm. here are the six songs that uh, I have curated for Richie to decide if he thinks they're going to be a bop or a flop in the pop music industry. So starting with Kelly Clarkson, mine slash me. Love it. Bop. Bop. Yep. And I'm with both bops. And I really was will say her voice has just got this really nice sound to it. Yeah. I just really like her voice. I can't wait for the full album. I mean, they're sad bops, but they're bops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Cannons, which with their song Loving You. Yeah. I love this as a bop and the vibe. It's just nice vibe. I'm always about the vibe. Love that vibe. Yep. Bop. Cannons is who I saw last year. So. Yeah. And you weren't always a big Cannons. I wasn't always, but I'm liking this. This one is a bop. Yeah. Okay. Then we have Lauren Spencer Smith, Gail, and M. Behold with Fantasy. Yeah, this is good. This is gonna. It might grow on me a little bit. I like it. I want to keep listening to it more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is a new one that I wanted to share with everyone. Asasio with Dance With You. Yeah, this has a good bop, vibe, a good bop, and a good beat to it. I really like this one. To all my people out there. Male voice in the pop music yes. drop. <laughs> Uh, then we have Allison Goldfrapp with Never Stop. Yeah, I put Bop on this too. Really like this. I'm really liking the Bops this week. And then we this can't wait fun. for that album to come yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. And then last but not least, we have Diplo, Sturgill Simpson, Dove Cameron, and Johnny Blue Skies with Use Me, Brutal Hearts. Uh, yeah, I wrote Bop here and I also wrote a really nice vibe. I love the vibe of this song too. Good energy to it. Love. Bops across the board again. Again. I didn't think anything was flop. I was very impressed. And Dove Cameron in there. Speaking of Dem Cameron, we have not started watching... Chicago. What are we doing? Yeah, we need to start that. And we, I'm, I think someone was asking, are you going to start talking about it on the podcast? Yeah, well, I think they're releasing one episode a week. So I think they're not quite done with the season, but we love Schmigadoon season one. And do, we'll do a full episode moment on it, probably when it's the season's done. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Oh, oh my gosh, we're just about out of time, and that flew by today. So we have a lot more shows coming up. As Jeff said earlier, a lot more pop music coming up. Uh, this is quite the year and may it, we're trying to get all these shows in for the tony season before tony's in early june so you're going to hear a lot about these upcoming shows that we're seeing we got some pl- plays uh, coming up we just saw some other things mm-hmm. uh, and every week we got more that's coming out so make sure you're listening every monday morning or monday afternoon whenever you're listening on a monday in your commuting time we're a little delayed on this one that's right it's coming out <laughs> It's all good. So thank anyway, you. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. So please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. And leave us a review if you love what you heard today. We also want you to join in our conversations on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. So we would love to hear from you. But yes. that's it for today. So I'm Jeff. I'm Richie signing off for now. Saying ta-ta. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.